Hey, Emily. What's wrong? You look kind of down. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You know how I had all these outlets installed? Yeah. And the lights? Yup. And the space heaters? Sure. Well, I guess I hadn't considered how high the delivery charges would be to a dungeon out in the middle of nowhere. Uh-oh. Is that the utility bill? Yeah. Here. See for yourself. Yikes. How are you gonna get the rupees to cover this? I did start chopping down the bushes around the place to try to generate some income, but all I found was pocket change, really. I think we could earn enough if I pitched in too, but maybe... maybe we should find somewhere else to hang out for a while. But I've really grown to love it down here! Aw, don't be so sad. We'll figure something out, don't worry. Let's not think about it for now, though. Let's enjoy our time here with some tunes. I think All the right. jukebox doesn't take any energy, if I remember. Oh, that's right, yes. That's good. Oh, that makes me feel a little bit better then. Okay. All right, Haju. Haju, would you please play for me a song from Wario Blast featuring Bomberman? I'm looking for World 5. The composers are Yasuhiko Fukuda and Jun Chikuma. And this is for the Game Boy. Thanks, Hajikun. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I harbored a ridiculous and completely uncalled for hatred for Tetris. I just thought it was super boring, and I couldn't understand why everyone was so excited about having it on their Game Boys. When I finally saved up enough money to buy a Game Boy of my own, I remember looking at the wall of tickets in Toys R Us in the video game aisle and being distraught at the prospect of having to buy Tetris as a pack-in game. But... My mom noticed that there were Game Boys you could buy that came without a game, and that the price of the gameless handheld, plus most of the other single cartridges for sale, was the same and not more expensive than the handhelds that came with Tetris. After deliberating long and hard about what title was going to be my first Game Boy cartridge with nothing to go on but the graphics and summaries on the boxes, this was a serious weighty decision. I picked Wario Blast featuring Bobberman and wound up loving it to pieces. Cool. This game <laughs> Good is... Good story, right? <laughs> yeah. So this was your first Game Boy game. This is my first Game Boy game ever. And what a good choice. I mean, I don't know if you had played a Bomberman game before, but those are hot. 
They are great. No, I hadn't played a Bomberman game before. I didn't know who Bomberman was. I must have known who Wario was. That might have actually factored into the decision if I had played a friend's copy of Wario Land first. Mm. But, um... But I don't really remember. I think, I, I think honestly, I just thought that Bomberman was cute, and when I play the game, I always play as Bomberman, because I think he's awesome. Wait, actually, I'm a little confused now. Does this yeah. game have more Bomberman um, play mechanics or Wario play mechanics? It has Bomberman mechanics. I see. But Wario is a character, so you can choose whether you're going to play as Wario against a bunch of Bombermans mm. or Bomberman against a bunch of Warios. So this was probably like a, a way of marketing Bomberman mechanics to the U.S. or something. Yes, I believe that that's true. Mm. I'm gonna guess that's what they were going for. And it's a great game. It's so good. I had so much fun with this. And actually, we mentioned a couple of episodes ago that I was shoveling and listening to chiptunes. You had suggested that I do that to try to make shoveling less boring and more like a video game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was listening to the soundtrack mm -hmm. one particular day while I was out there shoveling, and I kind of, I like how this song sounded almost like a work song, you know? Oh, yeah. You can see yourself shoveling or hauling or something to it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I find a lot of things can be made to be a little bit uh, more game-like with some music, but one of the things that's hard to do is, like, uh, schoolwork or um, reading or something like that, because yeah. if you ever read in a video game, it would just be like a, a still shot of you, and you're not actually doing anything. You're just like... So, <laughs> but I do wish that reading was like that. Like, you just see a little text comes up that says, you read this book, yeah. you know, <laughs> earned two reading experience yeah. points. Plus two intelligence, plus one sneak. Yeah. I actually had a really hard time picking the track that I was going to play. Oh. Because the track that I sing the most from this game is actually the boss theme. I don't know why, it just seems appropriate sometimes in life, but um, I thought it was a little bit too hectic, so I went with this, this super chill one. This is the last uh, world, I believe, before the final boss, so... I remember it being special because... It took so long to get there, you know? Mm. I'll just say one more thing about um, making things more game-like. Sure. Um, this isn't really that similar, actually, but um, if you try to do VGM karaoke and really bad traffic, if you're having a good time doing it, it's almost as if you're not really in traffic. But, like, you're... At least for me. I don't know. I was in really bad traffic and I was trying to um, work on the VGM karaoke that we're going to do today. Yeah, yeah. From NeoTurf Masters. And it was, uh, time was just going by in a weird <laughs> way. So basically, you've carved out bad traffic as being the opportunity in your life to work on VGM karaoke, and therefore it becomes almost a welcome thing. Yeah. I think people might think I'm crazy, though. Is Are your windows thing... down? No, no. Oh, come on. Uh, I'm not ready for that. But You gotta bumper-to-bumper do... bumper traffic. You gotta roll right up to the person next to you in the next lane over. I'm already holding a pen up to my mouth as if it's a microphone, so... <laughs> I 
Do you really do that? It helps. I don't know. <laughs> Well, now that I've thoroughly embarrassed myself, oh, it's so funny! Maybe I, I love can, knowing that. Maybe I can uh, make myself seem cooler with a really great choice on All the right. jukebox. Um, I want to play Super Black Bass Three, track number nine. Uh, the composers are Tsukishi Sasaki and Michia Hirasawa, and it's for the Super Nintendo. mentioned uh, in a previous episode that Super Black Bass 3 has like some reprises of some other songs and I played one of those reprises before but this is the reprise of the song um, that I sang in a little ditty I called Alley Oop. Oh so good. It's kind of cool this version it's got a more frantic feel and it's almost like there's a ton of alley oops going on. It's like a- <laughs> It's like an alley-oop heaven. But, um, yeah, I heard about this track, I mean this game, from the Legacy Music Hour. It's definitely something I would have never listened to without that podcast. Which is weird, because I could trace it all back. If it wasn't for my friend telling me to listen to Judge John Hodgman, I would have never listened to the Legacy Music Hour. Oh, no, sorry. Judge John Hodgman goes to Jordan Jesse Go. Brent Weinbach was a guest on Jordan Jesse Go. And then I realized I wanted to check out his video game music podcast. And now I'm doing this podcast with you. I guess yeah, in a it's weird crazy. way. Um, yeah. That's cool that you can trace it all the way back. But um, yeah, my friend Sherlon, actually, the same guy who's really good at uh, stealth games. Oh, yeah, I remember that conversation. He's the one who um, got me on the journey that became uh, this video game music podcast. Wow, well, thank him for me, because had that not happened, I would have met you. Yeah, you'd probably just be twiddling your thumbs right now. I know, I'd be doing something much less important, I'm sure. Oh, you'd probably be playing a really good game and beating it. Maybe. <laughs> this uh, this version of the song. So, uh, is this the reprise, or was the other song the reprise? Or is there no reprise? Is there just a theme that gets redone a few times? I I would call this a reprise, but it's just the way that it feels to me. I mm-hmm. really have no idea. Yeah, I get that because it doesn't. Yeah, it sounds like it's trying to harken back to something. 
Yeah, it's... This makes me feel like I'm in a really, um... For whatever reason, there's um, a lobby in Sonic Adventure that you go through. It's a hotel lobby to get to the beach levels. And I don't know why, because I don't think that the song in that lobby sounds anything like this, but that's what I'm... That's what I think of when I listen to the song. I think about being in a really airy, breezy, sunny beach hotel lobby. It's very strange, honestly. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I would rather hear you uh, tell me about how you came to the Legacy Music Hour. Oh, sure. So, we've mentioned him on a previous podcast, but I'm a big fan of Keith Apicary, who's also known as the classic gaming whiz, and he makes a lot of videos about his experiences with video games. He had a series called Talking Classics um, that was current at the time. This was a few years ago. And he did a, a guest spot on the Legacy Music Hour, so that's how I found out about the podcast. I was following Keith, and I thought to myself, oh, cool, I'll listen to basically anything Keith does, and tuned into the Legacy Music Hour. And then when I you know, got uh, introduced to the show that way, I was thinking to myself, oh my goodness, how did I not know that this existed already? This podcast was basically, you know, everything that I wanted in life. So, Mm. then I was stuck. Stuck forever. Hooked like a super black bass. And then, uh, recently, you actually got to go to a Brent Weinbach show, so it actually ended in a real-life event for you. It did, it did, and I will talk about that over my next track, I think. Okay. All right, so that next track, I just want to keep everyone in suspense, (laughs) like anybody's in suspense over this. (laughs) The next track I would like to play, Haju, thank you very much, is going to be... Uh, the Ascending Pillar Disco, which is from the game Lemmings. This is the Sega Genesis version. And the composer is Hirohiko Takayama.
I know we've been talking about nostalgia a lot and are probably nostalgied out by now, but I realized somewhat recently that Lemmings is one of the soundtracks that most strongly transports me back to my childhood, and I really wanted to bring some of it to the dungeon. I was obsessed with this music, and not just while I was playing the game itself. In the late 90s, when I had yet to stumble upon VGM emulators or OC Remix, and YouTube of course didn't exist, I spent a lot of time on the website vgmusic.com downloading and listening to MIDI files of my favorite video game tunes. One of my all-time favorites was a 108-page, 12-minute-long mega medley of almost every song in Lemmings. I still have it, and having just listened to it again the other day, I can tell you that it's still brilliant. I like it. Um... <laughs> I love your little responses. Cool. I like it. It's good. It's tight. I want to know, actually, if there are people out there that did that, too. If there were people who wanted to listen to video game music in the 90s, the late 90s, and the way they thought of doing that was to download MIDI files of the music. Did anybody do that? They must have. Well, yeah. I think I remember doing something like that. Mm. But this isn't the MIDI file, right? This no, is it's not, no. The game file. It'd be no, interesting just... to listen to that again. Weird MIDI I should put up that medley, or at least I can put up a link to it. I'm sure that the link still exists on VG Music. I just still have my file on my hard drive, but we'll do that because that'll be fun. I think that'll be cool. All right, so should I go into this uh, real-life meeting story? Yep. Now that we're all on the edge of our seats? Yeah. I don't know if it's going to really be that interesting, but for the LMH users out there, it might be. Um, so Brent Weinbach was on tour with DJ Doug Pound, another comedian, and they came out over here on the East Coast. So they traveled from your stomping ground, Josh, to my stomping ground, which is very exciting because I never thought I would ever, ever be able to see Brent perform live. So I caught two of his shows and got to hang out with him after them, and um, it was really fun. I met another LMH user as well, uh, Slick Vic. And we got to talk. And there was another user who doesn't post. He doesn't have a name, but knew who I was. And um, Slick Vic and I actually spotted him because he was wandering around the venue with a copy of Blaster Master in his pocket. <laughs> and we were like, all right, that guy's a user. <laughs> so we kind of, we hailed him and told him to, uh, you know, get over here. And he talked with us too. So that was really fun. Cool. Yeah, it was definitely a good time. Very grateful that they came out. And that, uh, and also that, you know, Brent was nice enough to spend time with us because that tour was crazy. If you look at the um, venues that they were doing, they were all over the place. It wasn't a nice um, progression up or down the coast. It was kind of all over the place and they were doing shows six nights a week. You know, they were barely sleeping probably. So the fact that they were willing to carve some time out of their lives to sit around and talk with a couple nerds was very cool. That is cool. Yeah, I've met Brent a couple times. It's like a, it's a very surreal. It's like a dream because those guys mean a lot to me and uh, listen to their voice so much. Yeah, that's I true. watch their uh, videos and stuff on YouTube too. Um, and man, they just really put a lot of work into the Legacy Music Hour. Yeah, they do. I can't believe 
how much music they find. You know, um, in regards to our show, the VGM Jukebox, one of the reasons I like it, or one of the reasons it works for me as a producer of it, is just that I listen to music much more slowly, or I consume music um, slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't enjoy 20 new songs in a week. I could okay. just like a couple songs if I listen, and if I really like it, I'll just listen to it so much. Yeah. That it kind of like will define that week for me or something. Yep. So, yeah. The, um, so it's great to get other people like yourself making suggestions, and of course, all of our great patrons. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to to do it in a pleasant way. Right. That's right. Because they over at the Legacy Music Hour, they take that all upon themselves. They also, I mean, Brent also just puts a lot of work into his fans, too. Like, I have to say, he was the one who told me that Slick Vic was going to be at one of the venues because he wanted us to hang out. He's very into the users becoming friends. He's a community builder, as you might say, I think. And he's very um, conscientious Mm -hmm. and um, concerned with people, I think. So he was really into the idea of Slick Vic and me hanging out and then, um, you know, just... It's very good. Josh has held up a picture that he drew of Sonic the Hedgehog. That was very good. Thank you. It's not the Sonic from Sonic Adventure, as you can see. It's, no, uh, it's not. It's OG classic Sonic. Sonic. Classic Sonic. But yeah, so I just appreciated how how nice he was. The fact that he was willing to to stay late just to uh, to chat with me and other fans. So it was awesome. And now it's over. <laughs> and he'll never come back. That's and I crazy. cry myself to sleep every night, Josh. Every night. That's crazy talking. <laughs> Well, speaking of crying yourself to sleep every night, <laughs> for this next track, I'm going to choose... Oh, guess what? It's time for Haunted Jukebox Selections. Stepping all over my feet. I think, uh, you know, do you not expect it by now? I mean, Haju's like part of the family, right? He's not interrupting you so much as he's just getting his turn. Right, Haju? Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess he's going to do a song called Sangokushi Game Boy Han 2. Oh, that's the game. Oh, yeah. that's he, Sorry, he that's the song. name of the game. It's It's got the word Game Boy in the title for some reason. I know, it's weird. And, um... I gave you the name of the person I think might have done it. Who is that again? That is Minoru Mukaya. Yeah, he was in charge of the music. I don't know if that means he's the composer, but um, uh, couldn't find maybe the exact composer for this. Let us know if you speak Japanese and hang out in, uh, you know, the Japanese version of the Video Game Music Preservation Society. Yeah. 
All right, so let's take a listen. This is, what track is it? We don't know. Unknown track. Unknown track. That's a cool song, you know. It's got it's almost like a techno traditional song or something like that. Yeah, techno traditional Japanese. Yeah. A techno dojo. Yeah. Techno dojo. It's like that's he's, a good band name. It's like if robots were playing kotos and stuff, you know. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I dig this track. Speaking of digging, we did have to do some digging. As Josh was alluding to before, he was actually trying to read the Japanese credits of the game because we could not find information really on the composer or the track or anything about it. Well, I went on Japanese Google and I was reading the Wikipedia. I was trying to read the Wikipedia in Japanese. Not, I mean, it's like a combo of knowing a little Japanese and looking at the translation to try to figure out what's going on. Because I'm not fluent in Japanese. But, um, hey, I'm done with Mother 3 now, so I I think I might start playing uh, that Japanese game. Whatever. I mean, Learn Japanese, the video cool. game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot what it's called. Oh, My Japanese Coach? Yep. Yeah. And then we can rely on you for these things 100%. We'll put you to work. Because I'm going to be super fluent in That's Japanese. That's right. So I did actually have something else I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if you recall Marcus, but Marcus, speaking of, this is like the Legacy Music Hour hour, mm-hmm. the Legacy Music Hour episode of the podcast. So Marcus, when the Legacy Music Hour took a break that we thought was the end of the podcast forever, uh, there was a guy named Marcus who created a blog called Save the Legacy Music Hour. Uh, which was a really cool gesture, and it was really nice. It was a great space for the users to get together and wail and gnash their teeth and voice their support for the Legacy Music Hour. Oh, yeah. And um, so Marcus uh, contacted us by email, and he's been helping me out a lot with our RSS feed and such because he had said that he couldn't really access all of our episodes Um, I suppose most listeners are using iTunes, but he was using um, an Android phone or mobile device, and um, he was just having trouble getting our feed. So um, he kind of gave me some... The blogger feed, not the one that you do. Oh. There's a separate one that blogger generates automatically, so... But anyway, so I just wanted to, you know, mention him and mention how grateful I am that he wrote in with these things that he was noticing so that I could kind of refine some of our features and make them better and um, I just think that that's really cool and also 
Um, just kind of for old time's sake, I looked through the Save the Legacy Music Hour blog, and some of the stuff in there uh, is really funny considering what has now come to be in oh, reality. Yeah. I sent you some of these things. Did I send you those comments? Yeah. That we had made? Yeah. Where we were, in a weird way, um, thinking of the format for this show. Yeah, we were. So let me see. Let me bring up the... I just so want... he wrote... Yeah, the funny thing is, like, I loved the show so much that when it ended, just, like, anything with that flavor would have meant a lot to me. And mm -hmm. I was thinking the best way to do it would have been to, um, you know, get suggestions from, from the users and maybe just little stories from them, I think. Right. But so I you had said, this is what Marcus wrote in his, his blog post level 10. He wrote, um, on the pro side, a user with the nick JHA approached me with a cool idea. This is March 24th, 2014. He suggested making a fan podcast. I'm not exactly sure about the format of such a show, but in his opinion, some fans could get together via Skype, perhaps, and do some sort of LMH tribute show, maybe present some VGM tunes. He even offered to take care of the technical stuff and editing. I think that's a great idea, and I want to thank JHA for his contribution. You know, uh, so I wasn't thinking of the Skype thing. I think he actually had that idea, and maybe that idea would still be cool. Um, my idea, though, is just that I would get, like, a bunch of emails and then just edit everything from front to back. Just, like, yeah. song number one, maybe a vocal testimonial, song number two, vocal testimonial, song number three. So I wasn't thinking of, like, another podcast, really. I was just thinking right. of, like, a presentation. I don't know. No, I get you, yeah. I get you. But then I replied to this... In uh, on April 21st, 2014. So I wrote, users sending in a track each to fit some sort of theme that gets edited together for distribution, maybe with a short explanation paragraph from every contributor included in the readme, would be really fun and relatively easy. It also helps that someone has already committed to take charge. Pretty cool that it's sentimental himself too, I said in parentheses. I would love to be a contributor to that project if it gets moving. But a crowdsourced VGM podcast in LMH's style would be cool, too, if it were possible. You'd need someone to be a real leader in coordinating the effort, though, who's familiar with that sort of thing, which is not me, unfortunately. Keep <laughs> us posted if someone turns up. That's funny. I think neither of us uh, were ready to lead a big group of people. No, not back like then. Yeah. Not for sure. And that was at the time when I was, um, I think I was at that time still secretly working on the LMH mixtapes and oh. trying to build up a backlog. So I was thinking I can't do two projects at the same time. But also, mm -hmm. I don't think that I would ever have done a podcast like this without somebody else to help. So, you know. Yeah. Had you not come up with that idea. I'm thinking maybe the testimonials was my idea, like the actual memory component. I but, um... Um, but I'm not sure now. Well, I was thinking that there would be testimonials, but it would be about Legacy Music Hour. In oh, the original interesting. Idea. So maybe it morphed to the idea of personal experiences with games or something. Yeah. I, yeah. This is a, such a, co a co uh, collaborative effort. I mean, it. Yeah. we built off of each other's ideas. It wasn't like one person presented like, this is how it is. And then we just went with that. It, it came out of both of us. It was a dynamic process. 
Speaking of uh, sort of remembering past feelings, though, one of the uh, memories, uh, one of the feelings I remember very strongly was that feeling when I was uh, just chatting with you on Google Chat one day. It was in the summer, this past summer, I guess. And I was, was just... Was this before we had spoken? Yeah, it was or... before we ever did the... I mean, I'm talking about the inception to the podcast. I think we had done, like, collaboration on a song or something like that okay. at that point. Yep. And I just remember the exact level of boredom that was like, let's just do a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am so... And then you actually figured out all the uh, kind of structural elements that keep the show together, like having the form, having the uh, shared drive, stuff like that. It's a compulsion as a librarian. This is just what I do. But that's so funny that you remember that so strongly because I remember it so strongly too. I actually remember exactly where I was sitting. It was the summer Mm -hmm. and I was... I don't even know what I was doing, but you started a conversation with, hey, let's make a podcast. <laughs> and yeah. I said, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> I was just ready. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I guess I wasn't busy that day or something. And uh, whatever, I had enough energy to uh, put everything together that day. So, and you were what I find so particularly, What I find particularly interesting about that, though, is I think 99, I don't even know how to say this. You hit like the 1% chance that I would have just said, yeah, sure. (laughs) I have no idea why I didn't say, um, that might be kind of difficult. It's going to take a lot of work. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm good enough to... There was just something about your very direct, out-of-the-blue statement, I guess, that inspired such confidence in me that I was like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah, I had this, just this overwhelming drive to do something just from being (laughs) bored I guess but it's funny um, what what was really great though is the way the patrons came through because I was thinking this is what I want you know I would love to be able to get enough requests but we probably won't right but then you were like very um, positive about that and you said well I can do this and this and that and uh, you know I was, and I was thinking, okay, I mean, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get a request one day, whatever. But we got a ton of requests. It's great. Yeah. It's so great. No, it's, it's awesome that people put, put the effort into it. And, and people just want to share these experiences too, I think. Yeah. I think I got that impression from listening to the Legacy Music Hour because everyone writes in to Brent and Rob mm-hmm. to suggest tracks because everyone just loves to share that stuff. So I thought maybe... Maybe if there's an outlet for that, people will be into it. And some people really are. So that's so awesome. And so also, I mean, with all this talk about Save the Legacy Music Hour, I also do really want to extend a very special thank you to Marcus because obviously without his blog, this might not have happened, right? Because that convergence of our meeting there and discussing those ideas, I read your idea and that made me think that that was cool. I just feel like it sort of set things up. Save the Music so? Hour, yeah, definitely has this, uh, was a, was like the heart of the Legacy Music Hour for a while or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I think it also was like the germ of the idea for our podcast that, that finally happened. Because I became aware of what you were thinking of from reading your comments there. Oh, there you go. 
Yeah. yeah. Isn't that so weird? The internet is so weird because it's like, yeah, no, I, I know what you were thinking and I know what you said because I secretly read this thing. Not secretly, but you didn't know necessarily that I was reading it. That's just weird. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you're talking <laughs> about how weird it... You know what's weird about it, really, maybe, is that... Um, I mean, ideas happen like this all the time, you know, probably, mm -hmm. where something that somebody said kind of comes back again later, even if it's a year later in some other form. But now right. we have, like, the ability uh, to go back to the archive of right. what exactly was said, even if right. it was kind of said in a less formal way. Right. And that's also, going back to hanging out with Brent, mm -hmm. it's the same effect of here I am standing next to somebody and talking with somebody whom I've been listening to for several years and I know a lot of his stories and I know a lot of his slang um, but he's never really talked to me. He and I have never spoken. This was the first time that we've ever spoken was when he was over here. We've emailed. We have conversations by email but we've never actually talked voice to voice or face to face. So you know, I'm having conversations with this person that I feel like I know really well and who's been a part of my life for several years, but, you know, it's been a one-way street, really. He doesn't get it, he doesn't get it in return necessarily in the same way. And also, um, he's never necessarily told me those stories directly. You know, he's just, he's speaking to an audience and I happen to be an audience and I, ha I happen to be in the audience and kind of taking in what he's saying. But... It's not like we were friends and he called me on the phone and said, Hey, Emily, I want to tell you this story. Do you know what I mean? So it was kind of this weird uh, imbalance in the fact that we're friends, but not directly. Does that make any sense? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mabes. Mabes. Maybe I but do. It was funny. At some point, I, uh, I brought something up, uh, some sort of phrase that, um, that I use around in my daily life. And then he told me the story behind the phrase, but I know the story because he had said it on the podcast. So he was like, wait a minute, <laughs> have I said this already? And I was like, yeah, well, you didn't tell me, oh, but yeah. you did explain it at some point. And I do know because of that, but so it's that like that indirect, you know, I know him very well, but indirectly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That is a weird feeling. Yeah. Especially with, um, like podcasts where the content seems a little bit more uh, relaxed and less performed. It's like, oh, wasn't I hanging out with you for five yeah. years? <laughs> yeah. Instead, of, it's it's a different from liking a character on a show and then seeing that actor or something. Right, exactly. No, it's like hanging out with a group of friends and you're just feeling very quiet that day. Yeah. So you're just listening to them have their conversation. You're just ha happy that you're in the room, you know, eating some Fritos or something and listening. So anyway, I hope they come back. I hope Brent comes back. And I hope we get Rob out here sometime too. Well, you better just come out here. We'll roll out <laughs> the red carpet for you. <laughs> Who? Uh, you? Well, you will buy a red carpet. Oh yeah, well Rob I guess is in Austin I mean uh Portland. Oh yeah. I forgot. But you could Oh yeah. I don't think he cuts girls' hair. But Oh I need a haircut. Yeah. Like real bad. I haven't had a proper haircut in about eight years. 
Okay. True story. Cool. <clears throat> um. Boring story. See, that's what's going to happen, right? So in a couple of years from now, I'm going to be in L.A. hanging out with you, walking down the street, and someone's going to come up to me and say, Hey, you guys are the people who do the VGM jukebox. That's really cool. Haha. I mean, have you finally gotten a haircut? It's been like 10 years. And I'll be like, what? Did I tell you that story? And they'll be like, oh, well, you mentioned it on the podcast, so I know. Oh, yeah. And I'll be like, whoa, you know me so well, but indirectly. But since nobody knows what we look like, uh, that probably won't happen. They'll have to be like yeah, standing very close to us in line and like, hey, I know these voices. <laughs> Or we'll have to be carrying a jukebox. Yeah. We'll be carrying Haji with us. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll be obviously followed by a ghost and a skeleton turtle. Right, I guess that would right. be, yeah. Oh, Cookie, you're so cute. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we think about leaving the dungeon? Well, Ruiner 9 is Ed Wilson of Pixel Tunes Radio. That's right. What's up, Ed? Hey. How you doing? Yeah, we played we played one of your requests, not knowing who you were. Pixel Tunes I Radio. Didn't connect the. Say say again. Uh, Pixel Tunes Radio is another VGM podcast, but of course, um, you know all the VGM podcasts have their own flavor. Pixel Tunes Radio is awesome for like the amount of research they do, mm. and the, the the care that they give in actually presenting the history of the game. And, right and the uh, even the companies they do like I don't know, even know where they're getting their uh, information but they do like research on the corporations and stuff so right it's a pretty interesting podcast that's pretty cool that that he uh, hangs out around the jukebox with us I do apologize though because I uh, I didn't connect the username with the name with the Twitter handle with the e- oh, I try to figure yeah. out who everyone is I do my I do my sleuthing. Oh. But sometimes it's incomplete. I see. So sometimes, you know, I don't solve the mystery and Carmen Sandiego gets away. <laughs> All right. You played those games, right? No, no. <gasps> I, yes, I played Carmen Sandiego, but no, it's not a good game. Uh, You're just looking... What? You just look everything up in the what? atlas... The Atlas is, like, what? designed to give you Carmen Sandiego answers. And you don't have to look in the Atlas. You're learning uh, factoids without very much context, and uh, the gr- graphics aren't great, and um, uh, it's just the way the questions are set up. It's like, uh, it's like, oh, what's the capital of Gibraltar? And then you look up Gibraltar. What kind of game is that? <laughs> um... I don't think we're speaking anymore. You know, I like the show. I like the show, though. Well, that's okay. Different strokes for different folks, but I love the Carmen Sandiego games. All right. And Rockapella. And this new Carmen watch. And Carmen Miranda. And San Diego Chargers. <laughs> and Diego from Dora the Explorer. 
and Dora the dolphin? I don't know. I win. Oh, I man. think I just won that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're very weird. Yeah. All right, so... This dungeon's got to us. Let's get this, out of here. Yeah, you know, I might be just delirious with my sadness over this bill, mm. which we're going to have to figure out what to do about, but perhaps perhaps if we kind of leave and clear our minds, some sort of solution will come to us later on. But in the meantime, um, we invite everybody to hang out with us at the usual meetups at the bar, so next week we will see you at the VGM JB proper. Um, you can find that on our blog, which is at www.thevgmjukebox.com. Um, and go ahead. Email us at thevgmjukebox at gmail.com. <laughs> Give us suggestions at thevgmjukebox.com. Wait, what am I missing? I know you're not missing anything. I just really liked how you said that. And then it just, it's just the silence hung there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so at our, our normal meetups, we play our patron suggestions, so please send those in by email. Um, or you can find us on Twitter, mm-hmm. at VGMJB. Um, on Facebook, at the VGM Jukebox. I mean, just search for the VGM Jukebox on Facebook.com. And we are having this campaign for people to bring plus ones to the bar, so if you're one of our regular patrons and you have a friend who may or may not be interested in video game music they don't have to be really into it um they can just think that it's a fun time to recommend a video game song so see if you can bring them we want to get more people around the jukebox we think that'll be really fun yeah um drinks will be on me oh good yeah. drinks are on josh yeah you heard it here some blue ghosts there you go all right everybody we'll see you next time out there on the overworld and in the bar. That's right. Oh, and hey, don't forget to join us um, around the karaoke machine after this episode as we partake in Chi-Chi's Golf Challenge. Together. Yep, together. We've got two mics here. Um, And Chi-Chi's Golf Challenge, in case you don't know, that's uh, if you request a song from a golf game. I'll try to do a uh, karaoke for that song, a VGM karaoke. Weren't you calling it Joshy's Pro Challenge? Maybe. Or is that something that I came up with? Maybe, I don't know. Joshy's Pro Challenge, Pro Golf Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But I look forward to uh, singing with you later on this one. I hope that it comes out well. We'll see. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time out there on the overworld and in the bar. That's right. Okay. All right. We got to do some financial planning. All right. All right.
I love telling your away messages were always someone's from songs you like. I'm thinking about us both riding side by side into town on our mountain bikes. So you kind of think that these things between us were only sort of real. Is it the same thing? This funny feeling? Time goes by, rearranging how you feel. If you could do it all over, is there anything that you'd want to change? If we had grown up together, would our lives still have been more or less the same? Tomorrow, if you should return to your galaxy, and make me choose between you and a